Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you combine your interests and your passions. My guest this week is Amei Akotier-Oyekon, and she is, among many other roles, a city planner, researcher, organizer, and artist working at the intersections between public health, the environment, and inequality. I really enjoy talking with Amei, and I am so excited to share this conversation with you today. So, without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Amei Akotier-Oyekon. I'm an artist, um, I'm a planner, a city planner, an organizer, a researcher that I works I work at the intersection of public health, the environment, and um, inequality um, to you know work collaborative collaboratively with you know folks in the academic sector, folks in government nonprofit and community-based partners um, to advance um, equitable environmental and climate initiatives, policies, and programming. You know, I've done work spanning from academic departments, just wanting to see a change in in the culture and in the curriculum um, of my program at the University of Oregon. And, and you know, making suggestions on on how to make it a more equitable and inclusive and welcoming um, space for for students of different backgrounds. I've worked with um, local government partners on um, how do we make, you know, multimodal transportation projects more equitable? How do we make sure that um, folks of different abilities um, are able to access affordable transportation options um, and not always have to drive everywhere at the same time. I've done a lot of education and outreach as well. Workshops, presentations, um, teach-ins, just about, you know, intersectional justice and how environmental justice is also housing justice. It's labor justice. It's justice in the emergency management and disaster response um, cycle and tying all these things together. And then I've been fortunate to work um, in state level climate policy around um, regulating emissions from heavy duty vehicles, around forming new administrative rules for the state of Oregon about how do we reduce greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector while um, increasing access to, you know, home ownership, to the daily needs, to daily services and needs um, that people need access to. And so, yeah, just been working on like very, I guess, interdisciplinary environmental issues across nonprofit, academic and government partners. Um, really just wanting to see resources and investment and funding decisions shift to communities that have historically lacked access to 
um, community investment and that obviously having an impact on public health and economic outcomes. So, so yeah, that's a bit of me. I feel like that was kind of all over the place, but yeah. And then, and then I guess when I'm not doing like policy and outreach and education stuff, I'm making like art um, and just using art as like an invitation for people to have a conversation about these things. And so, yeah, I've been really trying to lean into that, whether that be photography or writing or poetry, just like having that. I think an invitation is the best word because sometimes like an academic paper isn't as inviting. So yeah, that's been really enjoyable as well. That's so interesting. And that was a great introduction. I'd love to know more about your background and how you got to this point now of being so involved in all of these different types of work. And of course, you're working in a variety of issues as well. So can you tell me more about that path that you took to be where you are now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for the question. Um, I, I definitely started off um, with um, just like a deep empathy for the more than human world. Growing up, I was always outside and um, I just really loved animals and plants and the natural world. And I knew I wanted to be a scientist. And that's what I studied in um, my uh, undergrad career. And then when I made the transition to grad school, I think it was just in a point in my life where I was just becoming more conscious about the world and my background. Um, you know, my family comes from Nigeria and that's a region where in about 50 years time, if greenhouse gas emissions trends continue on the pattern that they are, that region is gonna experience temperatures that are unsuitable for human habitation. Um, and so, I, I just started making connections between things that I was seeing in the news, the shootings um, of unarmed Black individuals, um, and just making connections between the injustices that I saw out in the world and like the environmental injustices that I felt weren't really being talked about in my like very natural science curriculum. And so I made a very intentional decision going to grad school that I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to talk about power and inequality and difference and how that brings about different environmental experiences and how to do research around those issues. And then once you do that research and you gather that lived experience from communities that are experiencing these burdens, how do we then close the gap between that and the policy and decisions that are made in kind of the policy space? And so I also wanted to learn how to be in conversation with policymakers, with the practitioners, the people that are making things happen on the ground and moving making investment decisions and making development decisions um, because that's really where the rubber hits the road. And so I just got really interested in urban planning um, and the built environment and how the built environment can perpetuate injustice. 
And as I was doing this and as I was doing my graduate research on like green gentrification and how green spaces can catalyze gentrification when the community engagement isn't there, right? When the intention to make sure that this space is serving the needs of the community where you're building the park, when that doesn't happen, yeah, it causes like adverse impacts. But as I was doing that and just getting really steeped into this work, yeah, I got a job offer as the environmental and climate justice coordinator for the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People or NAACP the Eugene Springfield branch I'm here in Oregon and I think that's where I was really able to take all the things that I've been like formally learning in the classroom and in books and in studies and like actually apply it to the policy and organizing space and that was a completely new experience like I'd never done organizing I'd never written a public testimony I had never spoken to a legislator or a city councilor. Like, I just, yeah. And I feel like that is kind of like the disconnect. Like, we're not bringing our lived experiences and engaging with our elected and appointed leaders and the people that do have the time and like means and knowledge to do so. And so they're so, so just got really interested in the organizing space and from there just was constantly getting called on to share you know my thoughts and my opinions about these things and what and share what was happening in the communities um where I was you know living and working and yeah just from then just being invited to be like a policy advisor, be, um, you know, on a rulemaking advisory committee. And so I think it had a lot to do with the organization that I was working with. Um, the NAACP is a huge name in racial justice. And so their perspective and their priorities are definitely valued. Um, but I think I also had a lot of passion for the work that I was doing and a lot of knowledge around it. So I was bringing that to the table. And so I think it was just a combination of my own passion and knowledge around like environmental topic areas in combination with just a really, really lucky opportunity to work for this, you know, very like well-known like historic organization that really just like catapulted me um over the past year and being able to engage in these spaces is yeah something that I could have never imagined um that I would be able to do but yeah I just really appreciate it and I have been just super thankful for these opportunities to learn and also just like be the be a voice for equity and justice where the status quo would normatively just like kind of keep going without a blink of an eye um, about these things. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question well enough, but. Oh, it definitely does. And I think the intersectionality of your activism is so clear through your story. And it's great to hear you explain how they all connect for you. I would also love to know more about how your art plays into your activism and your advocacy and maybe vice versa. So can you just explain more about that relationship between your art and your work? Yeah, no, thanks. I'd love to. Um, yeah, the, the art thing is, 
I think first and foremost, like I'm, I'm actually a very shy person, which is ironic because like as an activist, you need to be really outspoken. Um, but it is, it is just another way for me to express how I'm feeling, to use my voice. Um, that is a little, I guess, a little less low stakes than like giving a speech <laughs> or something. Um, and so for me, it just pr- provides like an alternative way for a very like sometimes shy and insecure being um, to express myself. And I just think certain things resonate in images and in the way that like poetry is composed and put together that just doesn't come through, come across in like an academic paper. Um, And that like, I just really, yeah, I really, I'm leaning into that and appreciate that. And I think what I do is sometimes I am the subject of my own art. So like I am the model and I'll place myself within larger stories, larger narratives where someone like me is not really supposed to be in that narrative. Like one example is that I like to like put on corsets and like cage skirts and pretend like I'm dressing from like 17th, 18th century England or something. And there isn't a whole lot of representation of black people, dark skinned people in 18th, 19th century London. And, but we were there and, um, and being able to disrupt that and say that, yeah, we were here by placing myself in a corset and like having this narrative around a photo of me and like a, a top hat or whatever. I think that itself is like, a form of like activism and encouraging a conversation about what what was it like for black people during this time where you know history has written them out of the books and so i so with the art i think that's one thing that i've done in the past is physically with myself being the subject i am a disruption in a particular narrative that has very intentionally sought to erase um, people of color from that narrative. So that, yeah, that I think is kind of my most recent, like, mechanism of activism through art, disrupting status quo narratives and kind of encouraging conversations about that. That is such an interesting idea. And I'm so glad that you were able to find that outlet and express yourself in that way. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to end our conversation by asking you to share some advice. Lots of young people, particularly college students, high school students, want to create change and they want to make a difference, but they may not know how or maybe where to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe two pieces of advice are coming to my mind. First, I think it's kind of like kind of starting where you are. And so... By that, I mean, if you're interested in climate or transportation or housing or whatever those whatever the issue is, try to find the, 
the connection between that and your own personal life, your lived experience? Where does that issue show up in either your life or the life of a loved one or someone that's really close to you? Um, so that you're not just spitting out statistics or whatever it is, but you're you're telling your own story and it's personal. And I feel like a personal story and storytelling trumps data and graphs to me at least well I think they both work together but normatively it's been like numbers and whatever over like people's lived experience but your lived experience is really powerful and finding where these issues connect to your life can be a motivation it can be a leverage point and can really be your why like why you do this work so finding your why by finding where these issues connect to your life I think is a good motivating force. And second, um, you know, it's really hard to do this work alone. Um, and the powers that be wanna make you feel so alone and so isolated and lonely. And so doing this work with community can really make it worthwhile. And so whether that be just like a group of friends that you all like pop into your city's city council meeting every Monday together, like, or you join, join a whole organization, but finding your community um, in this movement and finding alignment and connection and intimacy with people that want the same things as you do, um, that care about the same things and that value the same things as you do, just yeah, it just fills you with so much hope and joy. Um, and yeah, just leaning into that and using that as the vehicle through which you do your work is really invaluable. And I think it's, it's really important. So, yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ame, and I think she's doing great work for others. I think it's really inspiring how she's been able to take her academic and her intellectual interests and combine them with her passion for improving other people's lives in order to create this career that she really enjoys and feels passionate about doing every day. She's obviously so committed to her advocacy and her work, and I think we can all strive to live and work more like Ame and do what interests us, what we're good at, and what we feel like we should be doing. Because change comes when you combine your interests and your passions. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can connect with Amay on Instagram at omoecology to get connected with her. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.